Hello and welcome to Let's Listen. This is episode 7 of this audio-only Grim Fandango Let's Play. My name is Sam Hillestad, and as always, I will be your narrator. Previously on Let's Listen, Manny's daring escape plot got everyone off of Domino's wicked factory island on the edge of the world, where Manny and Domino had an epic showdown atop a moving submarine. Manny prevailed, and Domino ended up being sliced to bits by a coral crusher, a just end to an awful person. Before Domino's demise, though, Manny learned that he and Hector Lemans were in cahoots with a scheme to steal people's double-end tickets. They would take all the best clients back at the Department of Death, reroute them to Domino, who would then arrange for them to be taken to the middle of the sea, thrown overboard, and end up at that island, making light bulbs out of coral for eternity. Meanwhile, Hector took their tickets for himself, amassing a fortune in the process, and if the rumors are true, taking over El Maro as its de facto dictator. Eventually, the group makes it to the gates of the Ninth Underworld, which are atop an incredible Mayan pyramid. But something came over Glottis, and he fell off from the very top, and the gatekeeper there also indicated they might be stuck in a waiting room for who knows how long. And of course, Manny and his savior complex are urging him to go back and fix things in El Maro, where Salvador and the LSA are duking it out with Hector. We pick up right after Glottis fell. Glottis, where'd you go this time? Manny and the gang are all the way at the top of this incredible pyramid. They're so high up that they're in the middle of a cloud, so visibility is hazy. They're on a small platform in front of a huge gate, and there's this strange man above them. He's wearing an ornate headdress and has the feeling of authority about him. He seems to be a gatekeeper of sorts. And finally, there's a set of train tracks leading into the pyramid, the famous number nine. But the gate is shut for now, and even if it were open for them, it wouldn't matter, because Manny's best friend is missing. So he makes the long journey to the base of the pyramid. But there's no sign of Gladys there either. There are, however, some cars with fancy treads parked out front. Ah, oh, Gladys would love these. The cars are long, like hearses, and the trunks are open. It's full of caskets. There are lots of other caskets too, just lying around. Looks like standard DOD issue. And they're all open, except one. Manny opens it, and out pops an old friend. Bruno? Bruno Martinez? The small grumpy man. You! From the beginning. You were the guy who packed me in there! You could have at least given me a magazine! Four years with nothing to read but this damn mug! What are you doing here? He throws the mug at Manny and storms away. And if you were headed this way, why didn't you offer me a lift? Ah! Wait, I'm getting out of here! This world's for suckers! Clearly nothing's changed in Bruno's four years in the coffin. Manny inspects this mug that's been thrown at him. It's the mug I gave Bruno and it's full of that foam I packed him in. Could come in handy, who knows? But for now, there's still no sign of Glottis, so Manny heads back to the top of the pyramid where he hears Meche. Manny! What's wrong? Go up there and see! 
Hey. Back at the gatekeeper. Where is everybody? Waiting area two. How long do they have to wait in there? Until they have tickets. They were issued tickets on the number nine, and they don't have them now. The punishment for selling double-end tickets is very severe. But they didn't sell their tickets. Their tickets were stolen. By who? Hector Lehmann stole them to sell to rich people who don't deserve them. That might be them now. Let's see just what they deserve. The famous number nine comes barreling down the tracks. And it is magnificent. A spectacle to behold. And it's even nicer, even fancier, up front in the VIP cabin. Where we see Nick Virago, the crooked lawyer from Rubacava who had Lola killed. He's sipping on a martini without a care in the world. But then... The number nine train turns into a demon train, and instead of going through the gates to the ninth underworld, it takes a dive down into hell. And then everything is back to normal. Manny looks at the gatekeeper for some sort of explanation. What happened to that train? Your destiny cannot be purchased. The gates knew. I don't understand. Why has everyone been detained? Given a ticket, a soul may not sell it. They didn't sell their tickets. Someone else is trying to. Bring the tickets. That is all. The tickets are in Elmaro. How can I get there quickly? These rails are already there. Well, thanks for the help. The gate opens. The gate closes. It does not help. So that's going to be a problem. Until they get the tickets that they're supposed to have, they're going to be detained here indefinitely. Many heads inside to see if he can find more answers. And there he finds an old friend sloshing around in a fountain. Oh, not again. It's Chipito, and he's still walking in circles. Hey, how'd you get free? I was born free, Boatnik. Nobody gave me no ticket, so nobody can take it away. So what are you pacing around here for? Trying to unwind a little bit. All those years circling in one direction. Gotta even out my life in this world before I go on to the next, you know? Well, that ought to do her. Satisfied. Chipito steps out of the fountain and walks toward the gates. Goodbye, Chipito. Happy trails, Captain. And thanks for setting me straight back there in the drink. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Chipito steps onto the train tracks, which lead to the other side. His lantern sways to and fro as he marches through the gates. He's happy as can be, and then he disappears. Manny follows him for a moment. The gates are open to him, but he stops right in front. I could actually do it. I could walk out of this world right now and not look back, but I can't. I can't do it. I'm not leaving without the people I promised to save. Meche and the Angelitos and all those miners who had double-end tickets stolen from them. They're all gonna be detained here indefinitely unless Manny gets them back, and he's gonna do it even if it means going all the way back to El Maro to do it. But first, Manny's going to have to find Glottis and figure out what's wrong with him. He heads back outside and the gatekeeper sort of just starts talking. Recently, I was visited by a bird with a human head. Do you know such a bird, Manuel Calavera? No. How do you know my... He knew you, and for you he left this note. From high up on his perch, the gatekeeper throws a crumpled piece of paper at Manny, and he reads it. 
I know what you're up to. I've been watching. Stay there. I'm coming to sprout you myself. Yours truly, Hector Lamans. Híjole. Minnie doesn't have any time for that. So he looks in another room and finds Glottis. Finally, he's in this room with a giant gondola, but he's laying on the ground, surrounded by similar but smaller orange creatures. Glottis. Hear the name of the Great One. Glottis. Glottis. What's happening? Most of the orange creatures are busy with power tools. How many days has this grand demon gone without driving? Well, we've been hiking for months. Months? Months? Oh, then the noble one will surely die. But... Manny looks horrified and feels guilty. How did I not notice this was happening to Glottis? He kneels down next to Glottis. Glottis, I'm sorry. Manny. He's barely able to keep his eyes open. What can I get you? Will anything help? I need to race to fly like like the old days, Manny, in the bone wagon. But the bone wagon's not here, carnal. Maybe I'll see her on the other side. His eyes start to close. Please, don't die, Gladys. The land calls back its children, Manny. Who am I to say no? Can't we make a new hot rod? Those days are done, Manny. No more hot rod. Hey. He sees something. What's that red thing? The gondola? Mm, sweet decal work. Listen, fellas, somebody... Somebody get a pen. They hand him a pen, and Glottis makes a sketch. There it is. A masterpiece. My final work. It could save me if you have the right... <coughs> the right... <coughs> what fuel, Glottis? Glottis. He starts to fade, but his enormous chest is still rising and falling ever so slightly. Then he starts exploring the room and finds a familiar red tool cabinet. How eerie. They have the same tool cabinets as Gladys. And there's also a giant oil drum next to it. Well, it's good to know they recycle oil out here at the end of the world. There's also a break room with a fridge, a sink, and a toaster. Minnie takes a peek to see if there is anything useful. There's a note next to this toaster. To avoid further mishaps, please butter your English muffins after you toast them. Facilities. Now, Manny... Ever an agent of destruction, gets an idea from this. You see, he has to create some sort of fuel for Glottis's rocket-powered gondola, which could well be the only thing that can save him at this point. And this toaster and break room will become Manny's lab. He already has that packing foam from Bruno, which Manny knows is highly flammable. So he scoops some into the toaster, and he adds a little bit of oil from the oil drum and he starts toasting. It catches fire almost immediately. Then he tries extinguishing it, but the toaster explodes and starts bouncing off the walls and ceilings. The orange creatures come in. What was in that mug? Something that powerful could fuel a... A rocket! If only we had more! Well, I could score you a couple of truckloads if you're interested. 
So they go get all the coffins and build Glottis's gondola rocket. We shoot you now like an arrow into the wind. May you pierce the heart of the wind itself and drink the blood of flight. Speed is the food of the great Glottis. Speed bring you life. Come back to us someday. Many and Mecha climb aboard while Glottis is strapped to the bottom looking comatose. They start off slow, but then the rockets fire and they shoot off into the unknown. Now the gondola is attached to the bottom of the number 9 tracks, so if this thing holds together, it'll resuscitate Glottis through sheer speed and take them straight back to El Maro. You sure this thing's going to hold together? Uh, at least most of the way. Hey, look! We're all ready to Rubacaba! It's working. Glottis's eyes start to open. Manny? He looks around. Manny, where are you? He panics. Manny, I'm frightened! He's on the bottom of this gondola. He doesn't know where he is or what's happening or where Manny is, so he starts shaking so hard the whole gondola comes apart. And they all fall into the water. Luckily, they fall right into the Rubacaba port, so they can climb up and onto the docks. Glottis stands up and is sopping wet, but looks as spry as ever. Ah, Rubicaba! What a town! He's back. Remember the glory days, Manny? Long gone, my friend. There's nothing here for us now. Except maybe our old car. They find it in a garage, right where they left it. Dios mio! But... She's been booby-trapped. By who? It's surrounded by dominoes. Who? The dominoes form a long and twisted line leading to a pile of dynamite. Those dominoes are like one long fuse. One wrong step and the bone wagon and all of them will explode. Looks like Domino left his calling card. But how? I saw him torn to shreds. He must have done this on his last trip through town. Even from the grave, apparently, Domino is a pain in the ass. Glottis gives Manny a little nudge, urging him to try to get to the bone wagon. I'm not setting foot down there. The slightest bump could start those dominoes tumbling. Manny doesn't see a clear path at all. Those dominoes are everywhere. He's gonna need some help, so he goes looking around Rubacaba for something or someone. And down on the docks, Manny sees an old friend. Manuel Calavera? <laughs> it's Velasco. Well, what happened to the limbo? Hate to tell you, Velasco, but she went down at the Pearl. But we found a new ship, the SS La Mancha, and managed to... The La Mancha? My old rusty bucket. Where is she? Oh, well... We traded her in Puerto Zapato for a team of sled dogs. That does it. I'm out of this stinking mob town. But thanks for finding my baby, Manny. Puerto Zapato, here I come. Velasco leaves. Mob town? How he's going to get to Puerto Zapato, nobody knows, but he's a crafty old man. In his haste, Velasco left behind a ship and a bottle. You'd think after two years he'd have the little SS Lumbago's lifeboats on at least. Velasco's gone, so Manny takes it. Maybe I'll just finish this for him. Now, a bottle on its own isn't going to do Manny much good. It might come in handy, but he needs more. So he keeps exploring, and finds that Rubacava is a shell of what it used to be. It's become a ghost town. The cat tracks are quiet, the zeppelin is gone, the neon lights are off, and the revolutionary worker bees are nowhere to be found. The docks are empty. Hmm, not a good sign for Rubacaba's organized labor movement. Maybe he'll have better luck at the blue casket, Olivia's old joint. So he goes to check it out. 
And like everywhere else, it's pretty much empty. There's still some music playing, it's not a live band or anything. And there's still a mic up from Open Mic Night. Manny considers trying some new material. I just can't do it without an audience. Will I do? Olivia! Calavera, what are you doing here? I heard you went pow in Zapato, Daddy. Well, Hector Lamont's tried and missed, now it's my turn. I'm headed to El Maro to put him out of business. Manny, that place has changed. You don't know what you're getting into. I'd better come with you. Just give me a minute to get ready. Okay, but if you hear a loud explosion anytime soon, the trip's off. So Olivia's in. She's going to join them. But she isn't going to be able to help free up the bone wagon. There's something else around here that could help, though. It's another wild plan, but it could work. Manny goes into the kitchen. Coffin shooter one, two, three, just pour, chill, and serve. It's the instructions to his famous coffin shooters, which Olivia stole. And there's a full keg of the stuff. And he opens it and pours the liquid into the bottle with the ship in it that he got from Velasco. That's what the lumbago diorama needed. Fake ocean water. And the ship actually does look better. Not finished still, but better. So he leaves the blue casket and heads back outside to Rubacaba, where it's still dead empty. He heads back to Glottis and Meche, still waiting in front of the booby-trapped bone wagon. And now Manny gets another messed up idea, one of his worst yet. I'm embarrassed for him as a narrator. His idea is to get Glottis to drink the coffin shooter, knowing full well he's an alcoholic, so that Glottis will... Well, you'll see. What's that? It's, uh, lumbago lemonade. Try it. Mmm. He downs the whole bottle. Perkly little aperitif, actually. <laughs> yes, siree. Not bad tall. <laughs> Tell me where you got that right now! Olivia's kitchen. He does a quick stretch and sprints away. Manny, aren't we in a hurry? Don't worry, this won't take long. He's back in no time, and he's holding the keg and absolutely hammered. My stomach don't stretch like it used to. Oh, Gladys. For Manny's plan, he needs some sort of liquid to fill up the booby-trapped garage, something viscous. And Gladys just needs a little push. So what is that stuff they pack can hams in anyway? He throws up all over the room. It covers every surface. Oh my god, it's hard to listen to. Luckily, it's just liquid enough to not knock over all the dominoes. But, oh god, it's horrible. I'm so sorry for making you listen to that. But it was an important plot point. Good show, my friend. You wouldn't happen to have a breath mint on you, I suppose. Manny's hope was that the consistency wouldn't knock over the dominoes, but it would sort of hold them in place. And again, I'm so sorry for talking about the consistency of Gladys's vomit. It's not gelling. It can't gel now. It got all nice and warm in my belly. Manny needs something to freeze the vomit. Something like liquid nitrogen. And Manny, being a connected guy in Rubacava, knows the one place that would hold liquid nitrogen would have to be the tattoo parlor of Todos Santos. Why? Well, liquid nitrogen used to be used as a tattoo removal. It was never really effective. It used to leave horrible scarring. If you have tattoos, look into laser removal. 
but that's far too sophisticated for Todos Santos, who's actually still around. He's just sleeping. Manny lets himself in and looks around the shop and sees that Toro is passed out in his bed. Toto's plum tuckered out. Shut your hole. He's having a vivid dream. It's a little cabinet. He rifles through the drawers and cabinets and finds a vial of liquid nitrogen. Stop moving. That gives Manny a scare, but he's still just dreaming. Manny got what he needed, so he takes off with his new liquid nitrogen. He heads back to the bone wagon and opens up the vial. There's a message. Liquid nitrogen, not to be used on bone. But that's not what Manny needs to use it for. He needs to use it to freeze Gladys' vomit, so he can walk over it and deactivate the dynamite. Hey, good idea! I bet I could keep it down now that it's cold. Just let me get across first, okay? Manny only has to use about half of the bottle to freeze the entire room. It's powerful stuff. He walks across very carefully, and he sees Fiendish. a huge pile of explosives. It's overkill. Manny steadies himself. Well, here goes nothing. And cuts the fuse. It's fine. That's just the sound of the bone wagon speeding off into the night, which gets them to El Marro in no time. Looks like Hector's taking over the whole town. It's Olivia. He hasn't had much resistance. There's only one small group who oppose him, and they live out on the fringes of the city. And just then... Dozens of soldiers in camo pop out of nowhere. Places like this, you mean? They're taken away. I hope they're not hurting Gladys. Ha. Huh. Shows what you know about this group. Their leader is a great man who... Salvador enters. Manuel Calavera, we meet again. I see you have found what you were looking for. How fortunate for you to arrive now just as we too are about to achieve success. Our army has grown. And right now our top agents are in Hector's weapons lab. About to close in on the enemy in his own den. I couldn't have done it without you, Manuel. An LSA agent falls through the door, actively being sprouted. It was a trap! Vines are growing out of his legs. Stand back. There's only one thing to do. Salvador takes an axe and chops his legs clear off. He's still for a moment and then shoots up and salutes. Thank you, sir. You have saved me. But more than that, you have enabled me to continue to serve the movement. What did you say about a trap? Hector uncovered our agent in his weapons lab. No. Salvador pulls out this device with a screen, which has a feed to a secret camera. Hector is holding a small man by the neck. You idiot Bowsley! Your new lab assistant is a spy! Haven't you ever heard of a background check? He pulls out a sprout gun and shoots whoever was holding that secret camera. Magnolias start growing until all they can see are petals. What? No time to explain. Now I'll have to take matters into my own hands. Olivia steps forward. Take me with you. I've longed to be of service to your cause for years. Salvador nods. He'll take any help he can get. The two of them walk off together. And they head out into a sewer system. They're clearly underground somewhere. And they walk past Glottis, who's seated in his bone wagon. And he looks at the two of them with a little bit of suspicion. But before he can say anything, they're gone. Meanwhile, Manny's in this underground bunker. It seems to be the new LSA headquarters, but with much more advanced technology. There are screens everywhere and fancy-looking gadgets for what Manny can only assume are a sophisticated operation of widespread espionage. The LSA has grown up. And the carrier pigeons have grown up too. They're there, sitting on a perch, looking like hardened warriors. 
And then for the first time, Minnie sees there's someone in the corner fiddling with a device. He steps closer and sees it's Ava with her now fully functioning radio. She's still in her olive green LSA uniform. It's my ex-boss's ex-secretary, Ava. You're never gonna let me forget the secretary thing, are you? She shakes her head. Any messages for me? Nope. Call stopped coming for you the day you left. They're still sending you that lingerie catalog, though. They still got their banter. Minnie takes a closer look at the radio. Hey, Ava finally got that radio working. He decides to have some fun. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Manuel, is everything okay? Uh, the just... Testing the equipment, Sal. Salvador, maybe you should shut that thing off so we can talk. Odd, but Manny keeps looking around and approaches the carrier pigeons who are wearing those olive green LSA uniforms just like everyone else. I wonder if this is little Manny. Manny puts his finger up next to one of the birds. Come here, little Manny. It bites him. Ow! Hey, must be little Mitchie. And then he checks out one of the screens, which is a feed of a small man surrounded by greenery. Who's the plant nut? That nut is Hector Lamont's personal munitions expert, Bowsley, AKA the florist. That was his job in the old world, but here he is a botanical weapons expert. This has left him fairly conflicted. Why does he make Sproutella for Hector instead of our side? We've been trying to recruit him for years, but his lab is in Hector's tower. He's untouchable. Hmm. He's the same small man from the other video where Hector was chewing him out and holding him by the neck. Now Manny's not one to sit around idly, so he comes up with his own plan and goes to run up by Meche. Okay, here's the plan. I need a disguise so I can get close to Hector, and a gun so we'll have something to talk about when I get there. If you figure out that part, I'll go find out where he is. His casino tower is directly above these headquarters. Meche nods. All right, meet me there. And walks off. Volunteers quickly for dangerous work. She could be very useful to the cause. As far as I'm concerned, she is the cause. Now, Ava's also been doing some paperwork, and Manny sees a Polaroid photo of an agent. I bet the agent in this photo is the poor guy that Hector just shot. Ava's written K-I-A across it. Killed in action. So, of course, Manny takes the photograph, and he also takes out that threatening message that Hector sent to Manny. And he gives it to little Manny, the carrier pigeon. Okay, don't bite. This is a note. You like notes, remember? Big Manny remembers that Sal told him these birds could deliver messages to people just by seeing their faces. So he shows little Manny. Well, here goes nothing. The photo of the dead agent. Go, baby, for la revolucion. He takes one look at it and flies off into the night. Little Manny finds the agent right where we saw him last, sprouted in Bowsley's hidden lair. Little Manny lands on the windowsill, but suddenly, a much bigger bird lands right behind him. It's one of Hector's evil-looking eagles, and it eats Lil Manny in a single bite. He truly sacrificed himself for the cause. But the note survived, and the evil eagle is holding it in his beak. Bowsley approaches. One of Hector's messengers. With a m- m- message for me? He gets even closer and reads the note. I know what you're up to. I've been watching. I'm coming to sprout you myself. George truly, Hector Lemans. I knew it. I knew he was out to get me the old time. He grabs a few bottles of sprout juice. You'll never find my secret out at all. You're going to have to find yourself another florist. And jumps headfirst through a secret hole in the wall and falls a long way, all the way into the sewer system. One of the bottles cracks, 
but Bowsley is in too much of a rush to care. He sprints off into the tunnels, the very same tunnels where the Alize has made its headquarters. So just to recap what's going on here, because it's a little confusing. Manny's goal is to take care of Hector himself. He doesn't know what Sal and Olivia are up to, and the LSA has just had a major setback anyway, so he's taking matters into his own hands. He's going rogue from the LSA. But to do that, Manny has to sneak into Hector's casino with the disguise, and he needs some firepower for that confrontation. In other words, he needs a sprout gun and ammo this time. The ammo is key. And what he's just succeeded in doing is smoking Bowsley, the munitions expert, out of hiding and into this very same sewer system. So now, he just has to find him. So Manny ventures out of the LSA bunker and into the sewers, where the first thing he sees is a huge metal grate covering one of the tunnels. He leans in close because he thinks he hears something. Hello down there! Ooh, never mind. Go back to sleep, whatever you are. A little further down the tunnels, he finds Glottis playing around with the bone wagon's hydraulics. When the bone wagon's low, Manny grabs the remote. Give me that. Because Manny sees there's something underneath the bone wagon, so he makes it go all the way up again. Not so high! And keeps it up there just for now, while Manny inspects what he saw under the bone wagon. It's a small green puddle. <laughs> Looks like Bowsley broke a canister of Sproutella when he landed. I hope he didn't drip any on himself. He's being sarcastic. I saw Bowsley run down here. Where did he go? Oh, I forgot to mention, Manny did see through the security camera that Bowsley fell here. But he didn't see which of the many, many tunnels he went through. It's an actual maze, and it's very, very dark. He sticks his head down one of the tunnels to see if he can make out anything. How about this one? Anyone down here? Monsters? Again? Manny's looking closely for any footprint because it did look like Bowsley stepped in that sprout juice. Can anyone hear me besides the scary monster? Dang. Sure seems like there are monsters down every tunnel. So he tries another tack. Go to sleep, sewer thing. Your big clear blind eyes. Still no dice, but then he gets a stroke of luck. He spots a ray of sunlight illuminating a very subtle green footprint, but it's leading into a tunnel that's pitch black. Okay, I think I could follow the trail this way, but I need a little light. He gets Glottis in the bone wagon and turns on the headlights. Hey, what's that? It's two yellow lights at the end of the tunnel. That must be the floor's hideout. No, not that. The thing coming at us! It's the sewer thing. It looks like a giant spiny alligator with no eyes, but very sharp teeth. That ledge looks like a safer place to be, but can't reach. They raise the bone wagon so the sewer thing can't get them, but it's still snapping wildly at them. There is that ledge, though, that Manny can get to if he jumps. He just barely makes it, and the sewer thing notices and turns around and starts chasing after him. But Manny takes out the remote control. It lowers the bone wagon right onto the sewer thing's tail. The hydraulics are really coming in handy. With the sewer thing trapped, he makes his way for Bowsley's hideout. It's amazing how a little touch of human remains can brighten up a place. It looks like an ordinary florist shop except there are sprouted rib cages and shrunken heads on display. More than a little nervous, he enters. 
Hector? Hector, is that you? Bowsley is crouched under the shop counter, clutching a sprout gun. You better back off, man! He peeks his head up and points the gun at Manny. I mean it! I'm not feeling too rosy! His eyes dart around wildly, never quite looking at Manny. I'm having... I feel... Listen, Bowsley, I'm not here to hurt you. He crouches again, trying to hide. Listen, Bowsley, I'm here to hurt you. It's not Hector, it's Manny Calavera. Bowsley shakes his head. It's not Hector, it's Manny Calavera come to sprout you. You better back off, man! Look, I need a gun to put Hector out of business. Look, I need a gun! I need Hector! We're in business! Manny takes a step closer. Listen, I really need that gun. But he points the gun at Manny again. I mean it! I'm not feeling too rosy! Manny backs up, but then he notices... I'm having... I feel... Dozens of green canisters. Judging I'm thinking by the I better. These cases are full of Sproutella. Yeah, the good stuff, too. None of that slow-acting fern food that I left for Hector. Fern food! I'm thinking I better. Then Manny sees something else. Things are gonna change like around here! Looks like a tape screwed to the wall. He gets his side. Screwed to the wall! Things are gonna change around here! Yeah, man. Oh, oh, who do you think you're fooling? The ball of tape seems to be holding back the shop bell. Many figures a little Pavlovian trickery could help ease the situation. Hey, do you know what you just did? You just opened Pandora's box! You get out of here right now or I'll let you have it! I'll... The bell rings as Manny leaves. Who knows, Pavlov's techniques have worked wonders with my dog. Manny figures it's worth a shot, so he heads back inside. Hey there, stranger! All of a sudden, Bowsley's as cool as can be. Can I help you? Uh, uh, I'm looking for something in a 9mm. Oh, well, I have a very pretty bouquet of that right here. He puts a handgun on the counter, then doesn't ask for money. It's on the house, I guess. There you go. Would you like some baby's bread to go with that? Sure. All right, here you go. He adds in a free canister. You have a great day now. So that was easy in the end. Manny has a certified sprout gun with fast-acting Sproutella for ammo. Gladys is still in the bone wagon. And the sewer thing appears to be asleep. So they take the bone wagon, they drive it very slowly off the sewer thing's tail, and it doesn't move. So they head back to the LSA headquarters, where there's a ladder that leads right to a back entrance of Hector's casino, where his headquarters are. Manny climbs the ladder and finds himself in an alley. Gotta figure out some way to disguise this pretty face before I hit the streets. Before he can even think about taking that back entrance into the casino, Manny needs to find a disguise. Because he's sort of a known entity around these parts by now. So he keeps going down the alley, where he finds an open door, where there are two men standing with huge fake chins and thick bright red and yellow face paint on. It's not like Johnny Thunderlet's just anybody in his review. No. I mean, being allowed to wear the Johnny Thunder makeup is an honor. Yes. A privilege. Yes. So I said to her, you give me that 10% discount or I'm taking my business elsewhere. You said that? Well, oh yes, I was mad, you know. And then, here's the good part. Manny walks up. Oh, are you here for the Thunderboy tryouts? Manny goes with it. Yes, I am. Oh. That's too bad, because we just got the last two parts. Maybe next season. They seem to be backstage. <laughs> There's lighting equipment and scaffolding all over the place. Of course, as soon as I save up enough money for a double-end ticket, I'm out of here. What? 
You can't just buy a double N. Well, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows Hector Lamas. Wow, you know everybody. There's also this little station set up with a water cooler and a hot pot of coffee. Mmm, show business coffee. Manny's plotting. These two actors, in air quotes, are wearing just the sort of makeup Manny needs. So he brings them some coffee. Oh, coffee, great. He tops off their mugs. They drink the coffee really fast, and Manny gives them a refill. They don't look particularly appreciative. About time we got a PA around here. Hey, kid, keep it black and keep it coming, all right? In fact, they look downright entitled like elitist brats not deserving of the Johnny Thunder makeup at all. But, oh, coffee, great. Manny does the polite thing and tops them off, but then Manny does the not polite thing and climbs up on the scaffolding and pours hot coffee on one of their faces. Ah! Oh! oh, what did you do that for? I didn't, I... You melted my makeup. I can't go on like this. I took you under my wing, and this is how you pay me back. No, no, it's not like that. One of them somehow thinks the other did it. They storm off together to try to fix their makeup, even though it's definitely ruined. And just then, the makeup artist pops his head out of another room. Hey, kid, put that coffee away. This is your lucky day. We got an opening, and you're the newest Thunderboy in the Johnny Thunder Review. Yes, I've been working for this moment all my life. Then sit on down. We got to start your makeup. He gets it done. Now don't go too far. You never know what time is showtime around here. Manny's face is caked with this makeup now in this striped red and yellow pattern. And they gave him this hilariously oversized fake chin for some reason. The only thing that matters is that he looks nothing like Manny Calavera now. And he's able to slip through the back entrance to Hector's casino with no questions asked. So he's inside, he's got this loaded sprout gun, and he's ready to end Hector's villainy once and for all. Thanks for listening to episode 7 of Grim Fandango on Let's Listen. Manny's locked and loaded, which is a good thing because next episode is the season finale, and it's a big one. There are some huge revelations and twists and turns and one of my all-time favorite moments in all of gaming. It's a brilliant ending to a brilliant game, and thank you for taking this journey with me. Next time on Let's Listen, of course, we'll hear how it all ends for Manny and for Mecha and for Salvador and Olivia and, of course, for the devious Hector Lemans. And Glottis, well, you'll just have to wait and see what happens with Glottis. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews work wonders for helping new people find the show. And also get in touch through social media. You can follow Let's Listen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm at Let's Listen Pod. That's also the best place to reach out for ideas on what game I should do next for the next season. And of course, tell a friend, spread the word about Let's Listen and what I'm doing here. Again, my name is Sam, and this has been Episode 7 of Grim Fandango on Let's Listen. See you next time.